Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Rise to the Top, the number one badass show for mediapreneurs. I'm David Seitman Garland. Whether you're, you know, an expert, personal brand, info marketer, information marketer, uh, you know, internet marketer, growing your online platform, helping people want to make more money, want to have more free time, you are in the right spot. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And now, you know, before I get into today's guest, Tara Moore, very excited to talk to her, uh, Tara, not Tara. Make sure to get that right. I'll talk about her in a second. I do want to let you know that you've probably noticed with this episode, a little bit of a programming change for the Rise to Top in terms of scheduling. So over the last couple of years, as you know, I've put out an episode every Wednesday for you guys, and we're changing that now to Thursdays. And of course, it stays up forever. So, you know, watch, listen whenever you want. But we're changing from Wednesdays to Thursdays. The only reason really for that is because, as you know, if you're a Rise to Top subscriber, of course, you su- subscribe at therisetop.com slash VIP. If you're a subscriber, you know, okay, that, um, you know, that I send out the Rise to Top episodes and then also DSG TV, you know, short tips, things like that on Mondays. And we just want to kind of have an extra day in there, you know what I mean, as opposed to sending out an email every Monday and Wednesday to you guys, just an extra day, let you catch up let you get on with other stuff. So now we're doing Monday and Thursday for the episodes. That's just like my little uh, fun fact for the day here today. So let's talk a little bit about Tara. And uh, I'm very excited about this. And, and, And because Tara really is just freaking crushing it, crushing it, crushing it, crushing it. And really what she is, is that she's an expert in women's leadership and, you know, she's written this very viral piece, and I don't use that word lightly, you know, I don't use the word viral unless it really is, uh, called The Ten Rules for Brilliant Women. Uh, and then she wrote, you know, a bunch of different things. Um, she's got a great mediapreneur business model. She's been featured all over the place, Today Show by Jillian Michaels, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and today we just kind of, you know, dissect her empire. How'd she get into it? How'd she build her credibility? How did she, you know, monetize and create an audience? All these different things we talk about in detail on the Rise Top today. You're going to really enjoy it. Enjoy this episode with Tara. And I want to give you real fast before we start a little contest update. Uh, We're in the final two weeks of this, and I am very, very excited to give away the autographed, the Rise to Top iPad, courtesy of our good friends at Citrix Online. So if you don't know, if 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 you're just tuning in right now, this is your first episode. So between now and March 18th, you can tweet your answer to this question, and you're gonna, you know, we're gonna have someone win a free custom iPad autographed by me from Citrix Online and 101. The question is, you know, it's winter and it sucks right now. If you if you could host a meeting anywhere using GoToMeeting, where would it be and why? So if you could host a meeting anywhere using GoToMeeting, where would it be and why? All you have to do is tweet your answer, and very very important. Use the hashtag RiseFreeiPad and the hashtag GoToMeeting. So hashtag RiseFreeiPad, hashtag GoToMeeting. Tweet it out. Tweet as many times as you want. Tweet it 1,000 times a day, 200 times a day, once a day, whatever you want to do. Um, you'll have a better chance of winning that iPad. So uh, enter it. Announcing the winner in just a couple weeks. Keep it going with that. And now here is today's interview with Tara. All right, my friends. So I'm joined by the awesome Tara, got to pronounce that correctly, Moore, <laughs> joining us today. And the full, the full title, Tara Sophia Moore, joining us on the Rise to Top. Uh, you know, we just had some, a tech adventure this morning, making sure we could get this done. But you know what? We have it figured out now. 
excited that you're here and coming at us from uh, San Francisco, correct? Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, it's great to have you. And, and I love this when we, we kind of ask uh, a lot of guests or people that are working with guests to send over a, a one-line description. And I love this description um, that was sent over. That was, that was that you are an expert on women's leadership and well-being, and you help women play bigger in their work and in their lives. So we're kind of dissect a little bit about your business today. But tell us, like, why do you, how did you even get into this? Like, what was a little bit of your background, and, and where does the sort of the story begin? Yeah, well, I think the story begins pretty early. I've always had a huge passion for psychology and personal growth, and I was raised by two parents who were really interested in those issues too. So, you know, I was about seven or eight years old before I realized that not everybody was analyzing their dreams with their parents at the breakfast table every morning, like over, you know, the shocking information. Juice. All right, got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I that I, I was raised with a lot of books about psychology in the house and really the sense that if you don't understand yourself and your inner life, you can't really live the kind of life you want because you're going to be run by really unconscious parts of yourself. So that for me has been a lifelong thing. And then I also always had kind of a way of noticing where women's voices were missing. Mm -hmm. um, even through school, you know, I would always notice when women's stories were missing from the history books or there were no books written by women in the English curriculum. And I, I believe that we all get kind of our particular assignments in life about what we're attuned to and what we're meant to work on. And one of the ways we recognize that those assignments is by what really pains us. And for me, it was always just really frustrating and painful to feel like, wow, half of the world's stories are, and perspectives are so often getting left out. So that's, it's been a lifelong passion and I, you know, have worked on that, everything from the kinds of things I chose to be involved in when I was in school to then working in the nonprofit sector and working on women's issues and then evolving to what I'm doing now. Very cool. And now this, it's funny, you're going to think, okay, well, how does this resonate with you, David? Well, let me tell you why it resonates with me really fast yeah. is that number one, and, and, and by the way, people that tune in the show are like, David, you're going to tell this again, but oh, well, they can deal with it is number one is that I was a women's studies major in college. You were? I was a women's awesome. studies major and I'm married to a psychiatrist. So combine these two yeah. things, we pretty much got it covered. And, and yeah. so what, what's interesting about this and, you know, this, the backstory is really cool. But, you know, a lot of our audience is what I call mediapreneurs. You know, they're, they're building their online following. They're taking something that they're passionate or expertise in and, you know, making a living from it. So I'm curious yeah. about that point where you decide that you're going to sort of turn this into, for lack of a better word, a brand, you as a personal brand and as an expert out there, you know, writing and speaking, creating things about that. How did that kind of come about? Because I understand kind of the background and your interest in it, but it's one thing to have a passion and it's another thing to kind of basically bring it to life as a career. So how did that right. happen for you and, and what was sort of like the beginning stages of that? Right. Well, so those were the content areas I was most interested right. in, but I also... I always knew I wanted to do something that had a lot of media in it. You know, I grew up doing theater. I loved performing. I always loved public speaking. I awesome. always felt like I, I like, you know, I like to be in the spotlight. Yeah, really like be, yeah, hey, that's fine. You know, like I mean, a lot of people, in the, I mean, that that's a good thing. You know what I mean? There's a lot, like, you, you have that kind of, you know, I want to be going out here and, and getting on camera and rocking it. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I've just, I've come to accept. It's just something that's true about myself. So, 
Um, so I always knew I wanted that to be part of my career, but it took me a while to find the courage to really go for that. Um, and so, you know, I look at my time, the uh, earlier work I was doing of working in the nonprofit world on women's issues, and um, and then I actually went to business school as kind of like my waiting time and a little bit of a cop-out time because I just wasn't really going for what I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I was getting to my 30th birthday, I felt like, okay, you know, I could really see how actually the next two decades could go by and I could keep doing the jobs I was doing and it would look fine to everybody from the outside. But for me, it felt like, oh my gosh, I know this is completely the fear-driven path and I don't want to end up feeling like I didn't really go for it. So at that point, I started writing more and blogging and just very small blog. You know, I always say, if you want to know how to have a secret blog, I can show you You're, you're a pro. You're, you're, you're a professional. You're a professional at the secret I, blog. Yeah, I had a secret blog for about 18 months, um, starting with, you know, I think the first day I sent out an email to my friends and family saying, I have a blog. It was like there were 38 subscribers. I couldn't believe, first of all, that not everyone who knew me wanted to subscribe. That was the first shot. Right, <laughs> right, like, right. You know, all these friends and cousins, you can't even just subscribe? Like, what? That's why I have a big, you know, you want a big family, right? You know? Right. 38 people bought in. Um, and, and then I had to really learn, you know, how do I get my message out there? And, but I also um, took a lot of time in the early days with my blog to really develop my ideas and the content that now I'm able to spread more widely. But I think it was great to have a very small, low-risk container to uh, unfold those ideas. Yeah, very, very cool because, you know, I was going to ask you, and you just answered it before I even needed to ask, was sort of like, you know, people start out in this sort of mediapreneur space in a lot of different ways. You know, some people start with, you know, a blog or a web show or a podcast. Some people start, you know, it's the chicken or egg thing. Some people actually start with a product and then try to go backwards and then kind of create a community around it. You know what I mean? There's different things that, pe that people do, but it's great to hear that you kind of started with a blog, you got your voice down a little bit, you got some good practice in, and then you have these 18 months of, we're going to call it, you know, smallness or struggle or whatever you want to call it. What, what then happened from there? Because that's what I'm curious about. Like what you, you mentioned then stuff started to kind of come together. Um, right. What was that? Like what was that sort of like that shift there? Because I think we're going to all find this really interesting. Like where did you, did you discover marketing? Did you discover, you know, magic? Right. Like what, what, what happened at that How point there? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there were two, two, maybe actually three, I'd say three things that changed. The first one was I started writing a lot of places outside of my site. So I had been, you know, under the delusion that if I just wrote great content, there would be enough viral and word of mouth growth to really um, expand my reach. And mm -hmm. that just turned out not to be true. Mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, using formats that weren't very easy for people to share socially, and I didn't really know how to encourage that. Um, and I was having a lot of trouble reaching out and guest posting because there are so many poor quality personal growth blogs out there and I would just look at everything and cringe and be like, I can't, I can't. So I kind of had to make peace with that and start writing guest posts. So I started driving traffic to my site. And for me, actually, you know, guest posts continue to be one of the biggest drivers of growth. Now I write them for bigger and bigger sites than I cool. used to. But for me, that's still really effective. So that was the first thing. The second thing was 
uh, really upgrading my site to something with a beautiful design. Which it looks now. And, I mean, your site looks, you know, your branding and your site looks great, which I always encourage people. You. So, you know, it's key. Yeah. And that's my original site. You know, that's the first site I did. It wasn't hugely expensive, but I did, you know, hire a professional. And that was a hard decision for me to make because I had a lot of people around me saying, you know, oh, there's so many free templates and site design doesn't matter. And there's certainly many really popular sites that are really yeah. ugly. They're full of crap. They're full of crap. Yeah. Full of crap. All right. But ahead. they're popular <laughs> yeah, and they're yeah. not beautifully designed. Right. And so for me, I had to really trust my instinct that, no, for my brand, I need to translate that visually for people. And the minute I got a site up that communicated that brand, the growth rate started to change. Right. Um, and then the third thing is I got good at blogging and I started to, you know, I think when you blog a few times a week over the course of a year, you start to really get a feel for what works for people and what makes something spread um, because it's different than other forms of writing. Right. So, so basically to kind of summarize the three, and these are great because I think people can really take these away um, big time, is you decided, okay, I'm going to step outside my realm and just suck it up and get some guest blogging and go outside and start bringing some traffic back. Number yeah. two um, was that you said you the brand mattered. You know what I mean? Like you said, you had some people that were saying, oh, I got a high quality, some people have high quality blogs that are, are, are high traffic blogs that don't look so good. But you know what? Branding does matter big time. And third, it was just time of developing you know, what works with your writing and kind of your style and, and, and what resonates. So yeah. those three things started bringing in traffic. Now, I'm curious as to, uh, first of all, one question on guest blogging, and then I want to move into kind of like the business side too. When, you know, because people, this is a great strategy, um, st you know, and it's one of those things where everyone knows guest blogging is important, yet a lot of people don't do it, right? It's like one of those things, yeah. you know it's important, you know you should be eating healthy, but then you go eat a donut. Um, so... My question for you, did you have any kind of strategy or tip that you kind of learned as you went along? Was it that you were, you know, something that people could take away if they're like, okay, you know what, I need to do get off my butt and start doing some guest blogging? Well, I think it's just so sad. When you're as frustrated as I was after a year and a half of feeling like I'm writing really good content, I know yeah. this is good content, and I'm checking this freaking subscriber number all the time and it's not moving, you know, at some point there's enough frustration and discomfort that you are willing to try something different even if that too feels a little uncomfortable. So I would say, you know, just get in touch with the pain of stagnancy of growth and get in touch with what you want to see in terms of growth and, and get yourself motivated based on that. All right, makes sense. So, so you're growing the things here. You're growing, I mean, you're growing your blog, you're getting more subscribers in, you're guest posting, all these different things are happening. Um, I'm curious about sort of the other side because what I've noticed is with mediapreneurs, there's obviously there's two sides of what's going on here. There's the there's the marketing and the content side, basically, and then yeah. then there's the actual business side right. of how we're gonna make some bling bling here. Do you know what I mean? So I'm right. curious yeah. how where did this start to come in for you, the bling bling side, in terms of how you decided that you're gonna kind of monetize this and go in that direction. Yeah. So the other thing that was going on concurrently that we haven't talked about yet is um, just as I was starting to blog, I also got trained and certified as a coach and okay. I started coaching clients. So, and this was all while working my other old full-time job. So I'm blogging in the morning, going to my full-time job, coaching people at night um, and really feeling out, you know, is there enough traction here for me to eventually let go of a job? 
So I did all of that for a year and a half where coaching was basically supplemental income. I didn't need to really be um, developing a, a, a robust business model yet. I'm sort of fleshing out my ideas, figuring out who my market is. Because at this point, I'm not even thinking about women playing big. I'm just saying, I know I want to do something around personal growth, women. Well, I don't, I don't have a honed focus or message yet. Um, and then once I started to kind of learn how to more reliably get clients, and I felt I could see how that was going to turn into a bigger client list, I left my job. And uh, continued for quite a while, most of my income was from coaching. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking about, okay, now what could I develop and sell through this audience that I'm growing through my writing that is more of a group experience? Okay, I stop and for once. Can I stop for yeah. one sec? Because I just want to clarify something. I, I interrupt because I care. Um, is is on yeah, one question there on the coaching? Um, is that you? You mentioned that you kind of got that down, but you weren't quite sure of your message and that happens to a lot of people too it's like they know they want to coach people and they have a message and like they're gonna to get to something but they're not 100% sure what exactly it's gonna be yet yeah. so were you out there kind of positioning yourself as sort of what for women like at that point was it just kind of what was your your, your original coaching kind of way of getting this done were people just paying an hourly fee was it life advice what were, what were you kind of doing and second yeah. part of that question is how did you know it was sort of time quote-unquote to quit the job Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in terms of what I was doing with coaching, I was really vague in the beginning. You know, the traditional business advice is pick a niche, figure out who your target market is, figure out what those people's problems are and go solve them. I could not operate that way. I tend to not be able to, I, I for me, my work is such a creative process that to define it like that up front, it's like it sends me running through the hills. I just can't do it. So I was more talking about, here's the benefits of working with a coach. Whatever your goals are, you're going to have a powerful ally. You're going to come to better answers. I, you know, I wasn't positioning for a particular population. And I was mainly getting my clients through word of mouth and more through my personal network than through my blog. So I didn't have to position at such a to people who were looking from such a distance, really. So you weren't promoting then, it. It wasn't a big promotion on the blog or anything like that. You're basically saying it's kind of an it was kind of an, almost a separate thing, if you will. Yeah, there was a page on the blog, and sometimes clients would come from there, but not most of the time. Um, and and then what I was doing was I was sort of watching to see who's naturally attracted to coaching with me and what are they looking for. And what are we really fundamentally doing in our work together? And what became clear was that it really fundamentally what was going on across really no matter what issue women came in with, um, that A, mostly women were showing up, and B, we were working on these issues of playing bigger and overcoming self-doubt. So it was very organic, and I let sort of life show me what I was doing instead of deciding it you know, at my to-do list or at my whiteboard up front. Okay, that that makes sense. And then, did you get yeah. to a point where you were just so packed in that you were like, "Okay, I'm I, I'm making enough. I need to. I'm I'm out of the other job." It was more like, "Yes, I can confirm that I know this is the direction I really want to go. Yes, I'm ready to let go of this other career path that's lucrative and that I've been successful with and that's very cushy." Um, and like, yes, I'm, I'm internally ready to make that transition and. I have now gone through the process of closing clients enough that I can see how I can build a full practice. 
Very Does that cool. make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Now, here's a question on that. Is that playing big is your big thing? Like, you've got a, a program called Playing Big. We're going to talk about that. It's kind of like your, your thesis statement, if you will. Yes. Um, and you mentioned that you picked this up through your coaching clients. You were going through, and that ended up being sort of the one of the uh, reoccurring themes. Was there a moment where this kind of clicked for you that this is where, like, was yeah. there like, where all of a sudden we're like sitting there like one day and like someone said something like, oh my God, I know what it is now. Like, how did that, tell us I'll about tell that you, moment. It's a, it's a really interesting story. So, you know, I was, I was coaching women. I was noticing these themes and I was trying to sell different products based on them. And they were, they were usually smaller products, like a, you know, an online workshop, like things under a hundred dollars. And they just weren't selling very well. And I was really trying to understand, okay, what's the language that's going to speak to my audience? Because I had a very loyal blog following that was growing, but I, I hadn't made the match yet to what do those people want to buy and how do I talk about it. Sure. And um, do you know Tara Gentili? I, I know that name really well. Why do I know that name well? Yeah, she's a, she's a business coach. She okay. works with a lot of small business entrepreneurs. So I had read her blog maybe once, and then I had a dream that she that I hired her and that she helped me figure out what my people wanted to buy. And it was a very vivid dream, and I just woke up knowing, okay, i got to reach out to her. And um, at that point, I had already started writing for Huffington Post, and I had all these kind of sexy things going on in the media, so people thought that I had a really thriving business. You had a lot of attention, yeah. Yeah, I just hadn't figured out the business model part yet. And so when I called her, I said, I really want to hire you. She's like, no, there's no way I can work for you. You're way too successful. I have nothing to offer you. And I was like, nope, I, I know you do. You, I, I had this dream, and I've read your story of how you monetize your business, and I know you can help me figure it out. And I really had to convince her. It took me like three phone calls, you know, like, will you just let me pay you? And finally she said yes. And we started working together. And the first thing we did was we, we co-developed a survey that I could send to my blog readers to learn more about what they were struggling with and sure. what their pain points were. And one of the questions we asked in the survey was, what is the biggest challenge in your life? And it was a multiple choice question. And it included all the stereotypical things that we think women are grappling with. Work-life balance issues, stress, I don't know what I want. I have unsupported people in my life. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. All the stuff. And at the end, I added one more choice that said, uh, I'm playing small, and I really don't like it, and I want to change it. And when the survey responses came back in, that was the number one challenge that people said they were grappling with. And it was like, for me, that was a huge aha moment because it was like, now I have permission to do what I'm doing with my clients in a group way. And... I was shocked that so many women actually knew they were playing small and felt really frustrated by that. And so from that, it was really clear. It was like, okay, the product is called Playing Big. I know exactly what I wrote the curriculum outline in the next 10 minutes because I knew from coaching people exactly what tools really made a difference for women and what didn't. It's like, it's got to be six months. That might be bad e-course practice, but I really want people to come out of this program different people than when they went in, and that's going to take some time. 12 modules, six months, boom, 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 here's what it's going to look like. And, you know, then Tara taught me how to do a launch, and it was a huge success from the first run. Awesome. So, let me, this is, first of all, it's great. I'm glad. I, I always have that one moment, you know, where I'm like, yes, I'm glad I asked that question. That was it right there. Yes. Um, so now I'm going downhill from there. But it's it's, you know, Here's an interesting point of it. 
um, and, and maybe you could shed some light on this. You get the moment of clarity, all right? Awesome, right? And I know there's plenty of people out there that get that moment of clarity. They're lucky to get to that moment. And then they kind of freeze because they're not sure exactly what to do with it, right? Like they're like, well, now I'm going to look at a 50 different ways that I could monetize this. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, yeah. I could do it. The, the live course, I could do a note course. I could do a book. I could do, uh, you know, a series of funny drawings that I saw. I don't know. You know, the list goes on and on and on of all the different ways that then you could, you could basically productize that big vision. Yeah. What for you was appealing? Because I love this because I'm a huge fan of courses. Um, what for you was appealing about going that route? Because I love how you're like, I just hammered it all out. I'm like, here we go. What was appealing about that for you? Well, because my, my orientation is as a coach, I don't want to just deliver information and then say to people, good luck absorbing that as best you can. I want to take them through an experience where they actually change in the ways that they desire. And so for me, it was, pretty clear in the beginning very, very quickly that that meant we needed something longer term. We needed something where there was, you couldn't just absorb, you know, I've, I've had that experience. I'm sure you have too, where you download a new ebook or somebody's packaged course and you just gobble up as much of the material as you can that day while you're feeling jazzed about it. And then you never look at that file on your computer again. Right. I didn't want that to happen. Also, because I'm on a personal mission to actually get women playing bigger. And you so want I results. Mean, I wanted, results. Yeah, I wanted yep. the results. I didn't just want sales. I wanted the results. So from there, it was pretty obvious, you know, it's got to be a longer process. And then, you know, I thought, well, gosh, can I cut it down? Because will people really stick around for a six-month e-course? And I looked at each of those 12 modules, and it's like, nope, each one of these is so important. Um, I don't want to reduce it anymore. I don't want to give people less than two weeks to absorb each module because I need to really practice integrating this material. And so, you know, there it was. And, and if, if I had, you know, I, I definitely, every, every session I ask about the format, I want to know that it's working for people, but it is. Cool. Cool. So let's talk about that format for a second because we're going to give links and stuff to this later because I know you have a new session starting in April too. Um, and, yeah. and we're going we're gonna to give links out so people can check that out. So it's, it's a six-month program because I love to dissect this kind of stuff just to see what's kind of working. Um, how does it sort of work? What's the nutshell? You just mentioned that you give people plenty of time to implement. It's a six-month thing. So what, do they get training from you? Like what exactly is, do, they, do yeah. they get in their training? How does it work? Yeah. yeah. There's 12... Uh, topics, 12 modules that we cover. And so we're moving one every two weeks. And in each module, we all get on the phone together for a 90-minute, uh, very interactive. It's almost like going to a mini workshop over the phone. So I'm sometimes I'm present, I do some presentation, there's exercises. Um, I use a platform where people can be in small groups on the phone. I use Maestro Conference, so sometimes we'll do work in pairs or in, like, groups of four during that big call. And then, of course, it's recorded, so if you can't come live, you can listen to the recording. And then for each um, module, there's a little bit of reading, there's worksheets, there's um, a bunch of practices to start incorporating into your life. Um, there's a discussion forum where the participants can share what they're learning and support each other and talk to each other where they're getting stuck. Um, and then there's also an option to be in a small group that meets on its own in between those big calls. And we do the matching based on people's schedules and we provide agendas that go with each of the pieces we're working on. Um, but that's like they, they meet independently. So that's for people who want more 
um, want to really get to know a few participants in the course well and want that source of accountability. Oh, very cool. So have you noticed that from a from a coaching perspective, um, is that difficult? I mean, I, lo- I love exactly what you're saying, how like you, you, you make it very interactive. Have you had any scalability issues or anything with that because you have so many people or you have a certain amount of, you know, because it could be a challenge to make sure people's voices are heard versus also not yeah. getting anything done because we're hearing everyone's voice. Yeah, you know, so far it really has been great. Um, you know, some people like to ask questions out loud on the phone, some don't. Some people like to come to the calls live, some don't. Some people want to be in an active in an online forum, some don't. So between all of that, you know, it, it feels like people can participate in, and get the attention that they want to get. Um, and, you know, people know that they didn't sign up for a small group program. It's That's not the type of work it is. Um, and that means they can participate in something that's more affordable to them and they get to meet, you know, a couple hundred amazing women from around the world at the same time. Um, and you know, the responsibility to really apply the material to themselves is their own. All right. That makes a lot of sense. Now, uh, in terms of marketing the course itself or, you know, the, the e-course itself and, and getting people in, has it, you know, I'm sure the number one source most likely is from your blog, your community, your clients, people like that. Um, has there been any other kind of keys to getting the word out about uh, playing big? So f- for other people to come in, besides doing interviews like this, of course. Right, right. You know, really for me, it's it's that pretty classic process of writing at other sites and doing you know conversations like these. I, I do. You mentioned before, you know, I I do. Uh, some stuff in the traditional media, so TV, that kind of thing, and that all drives people to my list. Most people who sign up, you know, have been on my list from anywhere from like three to nine months um, because the program is a big investment both in terms of it's six months, it's about $900, so people, you know, usually want to know, know what they're getting. And because what I'm selling, unlike a lot of programs, I'm not selling anything that, you know, I don't, there's nothing in my message that I'm leading with, um, you know, you're going to get rich if you do this or you're going to lose 50 pounds. So it's not a sales pitch that like appeals to the salivating, you know, it's not the hypey, it's not the hypey, like, you know, instant fix sales pitch. Yeah. Yeah. So usually, you know, people that come, it's not like they just discovered me that day. They, they really have been connecting with the work for a while and then they're ready to take a next step. Okay, cool. And now I've noticed on your site, because I went through it with a fine tooth comb this morning, um, is that, you know, what you've done a great job of is you had this really cool, um, and I I don't use this term lightly because I never use it unless it actually happened, was viral piece of content uh, that you have, which which is called, and I'm going to get the actual name here, it's the 10 Rules for Brilliant Women uh, workbook, if you will. And it's been featured everywhere. We don't need to go anywhere. It's It's literally been featured all over the zillion places like the Huffington Post and, you know, all, all over. And in fact, what Maria Shriver said, a must read, quote unquote, giving you the big quote there. Um, so you have this kind of viral piece um, that happened and it seems that that's your big bribe. And I mean that in a positive, not in a, in a manipulative way. Um, or it's a big thing that you get by signing up for your email list. That seems to be right. And so is that worked really yeah. well to get, you know, because it seems to me your strategy, like, you know, you do a piece here, you do a piece there, by the way, get the 10 rules, come on over to this link, you know, uh, you know, tarmore.com backslash 10 rules, sign up. Yeah. 
And I, you know, this is one of those things that it's one of those little tactical things that is so important for people to know. You know, I used to think if you write a great article and it says at the bottom of the article, Tara is a coach and an expert on women's leadership, you know, come visit her site. Then if people like the article, you know, they would come at the same rate as if you put anything else in that bio. Well, it turns out that's not true. <laughs> nope, I experienced this as well. It is not true, my friends. It's amazing. You know, the difference between saying Tara's a coach and here's her website, which is what so many people are still doing, versus saying Tara's a coach, here's her website, and click here to get the free guide to blah, blah, blah. It's a huge difference in the amount of traffic it drives. So, yeah, what I did was... Um, uh, I, you know, when after I wrote the 10 rules, that that has always, as you said, you know, driven a lot of traffic, become viral. And then I thought, well, I want to have something that's tied to that, that takes people the next step. And that's my, that's a um, an opt-in for people who want to sign up for my list. So I created something called the 10 Rules for Brilliant Women Workbook, mm. where I took each of those rules and there's a set of exercises and journaling questions. So it becomes experiential. And so when people sign up for Brilliant. my list... They get each of the lessons, you know, every few days. And that's been, you know, that might, it's, um, I think my site converts, it's like, I think about 20%, like my list growth is always about 20% of the number of new visitors. Which is so crazy me, good. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like that works and I'm not messing with it. If something that works, I just try and leave it and work on it. Right, right. I don't. I don't just get fancy with it and try and tweak it. Right. And so the funnel there is basically people come in, they get the they get the they get the ten rules, and then they're gonna be put into a little mini course, basically, you know, of different things, free free mini course, right? Where they get the different yeah. things dripped and then you know what? Then they're gonna probably get what? Some blog updates from you. Yeah. And then when you have a launch, you have a launch and, and you can go directly to them. And it's it sounds so simple, yet it, because it is, I mean it takes work obviously to do so, but more people should be doing this because I remember if you you can even see behind me see these articles and stuff like this on the yeah. wall vital mistakes that I made I mean they look cool I mean they they, they kind of like you know fill up my wall here but when I was starting you know kind of 2008 2009 in that area in that uh, time I did the same thing you know when I would do an article or something anywhere else to be like you know David does this and helps up and he comes here and you get traffic but you wouldn't necessarily get people signing up for your email list then when I right. did something like, you know, when I was teaching people how to do their own interview shows like this one, right? When I would out be doing other articles, they'd always be opted, come back in for a free video series or a free something like that, and it threw it through the roof, you know? And yeah. people just don't do that. It's called, and, I call it wasted PR uh, almost or wasted media if, you don't, if you're not really capturing it. Totally. Yes, totally. And, you know, another thing that I learned from uh, Marie Forleo that's related to this that really surprised me when I learned it is you also want to have tons of opportunities for people to sign up for that opt-in thing all over your site. Like, yep. don't just think that if you have it on your homepage, your blog page, you know, Marie is a fan of, like, on every page of your website, you want to have that opt-in form. And that also increased my conversions a lot more than I would have expected. Yeah, and, and, and that's another another little secret uh, uh, where people miss little opportunities, like one that you've done very well and one that I encourage a lot of my customers and, and students and clients and stuff like that and fans of the show is your about page, right? Like you rock out with that. I noticed on your yeah. about page, like you're like, you know, and, and you think like, and tell me if you went through this too, when you put those in, you're like, oh my, it's a little overkill. Do you know what I'm saying? I do the same thing. So like, meaning like, you're like, oh my God, I have an email opt-in like every six seconds, but I'm telling you, 
it, it, it works and people, yeah. you know, and, it, it works. And for me, you know, it's, it, it didn't feel like a sleazy thing in any way. It felt like, you know, people are busy that who knows what page of their website, your website they're landing on. You know, you just want the opportunity to be, to be there for them. If they do want more, you don't want them to miss it. And right. if they like your site, you don't want them to miss the opportunity to stay in touch with you, and you don't want to miss the opportunity to stay in touch with them. Right, and that's a great attitude to take on it, and you're giving them something of value. And and also, when, when people are, are thinking about this, remember, you're going to scrutinize your own website uh, more than anyone else. Like, you're going to be sitting there saying, oh, my God, I got so many, but no one, everyone's going to be like, oh, do you have an email opt-in? You're going to be like, "Are you really? I have 56 of them, and you didn't notice? So you'll, you'd be surprised at what people notice and don't. So, Tara, I want, I want to wrap here in a couple minutes, but I want to make sure to give people some, some links and some other things as well because I want them to check out what you have going on. And, and we have also have a big uh, you know, female contingency here at Rise Nation that I know we're going to want to check out some stuff. So one, one link is, of course, Tara Moore, and that's T-A-R-A-M-O-H-R. And I'll link these all up below on the risetop.com um, slash 10 rules. So taramore.com slash 10 rules. That's one link. But also tell us about playing big. Um, it's going to be backslash playing big. Taramore.com yeah. slash playing big. But you got a new session. It's coming, what, April? What, what can people check yeah, out? Yeah, it's, it's coming in April. It's awesome. This was going to be the fourth session. And with every session we do, you know, um, the program just gets better and better. Um, we keep, you know, refining little pieces here and there and I add bonuses every time and, um, just invite everybody to check it out. If you have that sense of wanting to play bigger and knowing you're not quite getting there on your own. Cool. Perfect. So we're going to link that up. Um, I'll have it below in the show notes as always, but one more time, it's going to be, it's going to be Tara Moore, T-A-R-A-M-O-H-R.com slash Playing big. Don't need to spell that one out for you. Playing big uh, is the final part. So, Tara, this has been awesome. We we went through every piece of technology in the history of the world today, and I think 17 computers each, but I told you we were going to get this darn thing done <laughs> on, on, on video. We had some tech stress. We got it done. And I just can't thank you enough for you know just being so open with everything and just sharing it with uh with our community today and myself. And, and it's been a blast and, and wish you the best of luck with everything. Oh, it's a pleasure. You know, it's fun to share those hard-won lessons and uh, hopefully save people any reinventing the wheel or um, all that trial and error on their own. And let's just let's all take some shortcuts from each other and get where we want to go sooner. All right, sounds like a plan. Thanks, Tara. And that's it, my friends. And you can check out all the links to Tara's awesome stuff. Uh, linked up below and uh, all that kind of jazz. So I want to thank her for coming on. Great to have you here. And reminder, if you haven't already, jump on the Rise VIP email list. You know, the risetop.com slash VIP, absolutely free. Just to give you a heads up on what you can expect on that list. Number one is that you're going to expect, you know, shows like this coming directly to your email, some extra commentary, some extra fun facts, stuff like that. Uh, also, on Mondays, you'll get DSG TV, which is, you know, short video show full of tips and ideas and stuff like that. And then, you know, periodically, I'll give you a heads up on, on new programs or free courses or webinars or paid products or other cool stuff that I've got coming out to help you build your empire. You know, make more money, have more fun have more freedom. That's what it's all about here. So that's a wrap and a reminder. Make sure to be tweeting those answers. You know, if you could host a meeting anywhere using GoToMeeting, where would it be and why? Hashtag free rise, rise free iPad. I am fumbling my words. Hashtag rise free iPad. Hashtag 
go to meeting. Make sure to tweet those out. We're going to be giving away that iPad on the 18th. Very excited about that. I have already autographed it. Uh, it is all ready to go for you. Custom engraved from our good friends at Citrix. So make sure to do that. I'm David Seidman Garland. I will see you next time. And remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny.